This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Heidi Murkoff, and I'm a mom on a mission, a mission to help you know what to expect every step of the way. It's one of the most momentous and messy milestones of the first year, starting solids. But as you think about baby's first bite, you're probably wondering what exactly that first bite should be, not to mention exactly when and how you should be serving it up. And today we're dishing up everything you need to know about introducing solids. Emma's here with me. Hey, Emma. Hey, this is so exciting for me because this is such a great stage because this is when I can literally eat off my kid's plate. It like, <laughs> it begins. It begins. So all the scraps that are left over? Yeah, I eat all of them. So that's good. But do you remember the first time that I gave you solids? 
Come on, you must remember. Well, so memorable. Yeah, no, of course not. (laughs) Back in the day, it wasn't really a choice of of what you were going to give baby for first solids because it was going to be rice cereal every time. And it it, it was those white flakes that absolutely have no taste or texture. And you dissolve them in breast milk or formula and then make them into this gross white soupy stuff. Yeah. And I put it on a spoon and it went in your mouth and then most of it came right back out of your mouth. And we did capture it on video because dad, Eric, had the camcorder handy. I seen that video. <laughs> yes. And um, it was super cute. But I think we introduced rice cereal first with Wyatt too, but I'm not exactly sure. I'm trying to remember what you started Lennox on. Honestly, I'm, I don't remember anything. I'm that mom. Like, I didn't write anything down. Well, I know it wasn't rice cereal because we had moved on from that. It was probably a vegetable puree, I'm thinking. It was probably like a packet. Yeah, because he loved, he absolutely loved, I remember, um, what was it, the Plum Organic Plum pouches? Organic packets. Yeah. I loved them, too. And he he loved the purple carrot one. Yeah, he liked the purple carrot, but there was also one that tasted like Thanksgiving. I think it was like cinnamon something. I don't know. It was so good. Yeah. Maybe I loved it. Maybe you liked it and yeah. it wasn't him after all. I just remember that he did. He initially, he loves solids. I mean, I remember him eating whole milk yogurt. I remember one time we were at a video shoot. You had him on a, on your lap in front of the craft services table. Oh, and yeah. There, and there's a, there was a bowl of cream cheese, and he just, oh, like, yeah. dove head first into it. He ate a lot of cream cheese. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, how did you start with Sebi? So we were on our way to Lebanon to baptize Sebi. And That's right. we arrived at Heathrow, and it was just one of those, like, hey, just try food. So we gave him a banana. He was not about that life. He's like, what mm-hmm. is this? <laughs> that changed. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I was actually expecting him to be way more into it. And that whole trip, like he participated in like Lebanese spices and stuff, like baby food. And he was, he hated it. He hated any sort of baby food. Mm-hmm. Lennox loved a good pouch. Sebi was not on board. Yeah. Which is ironic. Oh boy, have those roles reversed yeah. big time. <laughs> so let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm answering the biggest questions you have about starting solids. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. 
Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second grade teacher, and written by my husband, Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me. <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Okay, Mom, so let's break down the biggest questions our listeners have about starting those solids. How do you really know that your baby is ready to start solids. I know that things are obviously different with every baby, but what's like the average age range? And when should we have that conversation with the pediatrician be like, hey, should we do this? Should we do this? So most pediatricians give the official green light. That's the AAP recommendation at six months. But don't wait. Don't wait to have the conversation. Have it at the four-month checkup because that way you can ask all your questions and you can be prepared. Some pediatricians will give you the go-ahead just a little bit earlier, definitely not uh, before four months. But if a baby is absolutely chomping at the bit if she's showing signs of readiness. And there's a whole long list of signs of readiness, but the highlights are your baby should be able to hold up her head well and sit at least propped because it's really not safe or easy to feed a baby who's slumped over. The other thing is some babies start taking an interest in food when they are starting to feel ready. And that might mean that they're eyeing every bite you take or they're grabbing at your spoon, which you guys actually did. I remember that. Cuties. Are there 
problems with starting too early or waiting too long to get into that food train? Yeah, definitely. I mean, starting too soon, it can sometimes trigger allergies, but mm-hmm. it's also a matter of digestive readiness because a, a baby who's too young doesn't have the enzymes that are necessary to digest solids. Oh. Plus, babies in the first six months really get everything they need nutrition-wise, from breast milk or formula. Now, on the other hand, waiting too long, the downside isn't necessarily about them needing nutrients and not getting them, but it's about them needing the experience of eating solids and not getting it because it's way harder, you know, to teach an older baby new tricks. And if they're really set in their ways, you know, they're... Stubborn. Yeah, they're used to their liquids and then all of a sudden you're you're putting something solid into their mouth, you know, well after six months, maybe, you know, some parents wait till eight months or so, then they might not be so open. And, you know, at six months, they're ready, but they're still relatively putty in your hands. I feel like there are so many unknowns and variables in this situation. What are the best foods to start out with? And how do you decide what is right for your baby? Well, like I said, not rice cereal. That's not recommended anymore. (laughs) That was always the go-to first food. And it doesn't really have anything going for it. Besides not having taste or texture, it it has iron, but babies can get that important iron after six months from either the formula they're drinking or from, if they're breastfed, from a vitamin mineral drop. So not, not to worry about that. Now, in terms of first food, There's a lot of things you could choose from. It's not like the world is literally their oyster at first. Like (laughs) You wouldn't want to start with a plate of oysters. But there are so many other foods that you can start with. Veggies are a favorite, like carrots or sweet potatoes or squash. Those are all sweet veggies. Avocado. That is actually one of the best, very best first baby foods. Most babies love it. And if it's a ripe avocado, it's the perfect texture. Fruit, uh, like mango or banana or watermelon. I mean, the common wisdom is to start first with vegetables because, you know, you don't want baby to get a taste for sweet things first. But the truth is babies really have a sweet tooth no matter what. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not a deal breaker. Um, You can even start with whole milk yogurt. Lennox loved whole milk yogurt. Sebi loves scrambled egg, which is perfectly fine first food. Whole grain cereal. If you're going to do cereal, choose one that's whole grain, not that refined rice cereal. But really, the best person to ask is not me. It's your pediatrician. So that's why you should ask at the four-month checkup, like, what do you think I should start with first? I did that. (laughs) You know, it's going to get messy. So my personal best advice is to get that camera ready. You're not going to want to miss that moment to look back on. That's a Kodak moment. Yeah. I'm, I'm dating myself. But is there a right way to start introducing solids with how you feed it to them? I want my kids to feel like he's at a Michelin star meal, his first bite, you know? I really want to go in with a bang. I know you with the white napkins and tablecloth. Yeah, yeah, of course. You, you definitely have that right on the messy part because if it's not messy, you're you're definitely doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, so skip the white tablecloth unless you really like washing them. Let's mm. set some basic ground rules for starting solids. You want to start in a high chair, not only because it's the safest place to feed baby solids, but because it's a really good habit to get into. Not in your lap, not in a car seat, and ultimately not when they're crawling around or running around, Emma. Guilty. (laughs) And of course, you you definitely want to dress them 
for the mess, dress for mess, um, which means either a diaper or a diaper and a bib. And I say advantage bib only for the fact that it's a good habit to get them into. And you want that big, giant, massive rubber bib with the trench built in. Love those. Don't you think? Yes, yes, yes. And then <laughs> it definitely helps to put a splat mat underneath. Did you use the splat mat? Yes. I still have it for Subby. He can't eat without spilling, and he's right. two. Well, e- either a splat mat or a dog. Yeah. Well, I never had a dog, but I had splat mats <laughs> for both kids. Nobody's happier than the family dog when a baby starts solids. And then slow and slower wins the race. Um, you should leave yourself lots and lots of time because it's going to take lots and lots of time because baby food is never fast food. And... Really, I can't emphasize this enough. No pushing, no prodding. How much or how little your baby eats should always be his business. And also, no projecting. Like, if you hate avocado, that doesn't mean your baby's going to hate avocado. And just because you have a sweet tooth doesn't mean your baby will want everything sweet either. And as for the Michelin star, uh, I say baby steps. The potential is there to raise a foodie. I mean, there might even be hope for Lennox. Who knows? (laughs) So to me, this sounds really time consuming. Maybe that's because I have two kids. So is it really better to make your own baby food? Listen, I would never call myself lazy, but I never, ever once made baby food. I I opened a jar. By all means, if you want to go for it, if you're feeling motivated, and it can be as easy as pureeing an avocado or it can be something way more ambitious. You might be looking for recipes online, and that's fine. You can make big batches. You can freeze them in ice cube trays so that you have individual servings. But don't feel any pressure to do it. You have enough to do. And it's not necessarily more nutritious to make your own any more than buying fresh produce and steaming it and cutting it up yourself is more nutritious than buying frozen. Um, And in fact, Most baby foods are super nutritious, but there are so many healthy options you can buy, pouches and jars and even frozen ones, and so many of them are are organic too. Just make sure that whether you're doing it yourself or you're buying, that you pass on the salt and the sugar and the added fat because your baby doesn't need that. And it can also sabotage their taste for straight up foods. Now, on the other hand, you mentioned cinnamon earlier and spices are fine. I mean, Sebi loves garlic, right? Yeah, that's ironic. No, you don't love garlic, but spices, whether it's cinnamon, garlic, curry, some babies absolutely love that and there's no reason not to give it to them. Well, Sebi loves garlic because his dad is Lebanese. So it's probably genetic because I hate garlic. I'm like a vampire. I know. And, <laughs> and sometimes, you know, the flavor learning does begin in utero, but clearly it was not going on in your utero. Definitely not. So I know you're supposed to keep trying when a baby doesn't like a food, but realistically, how many times? This feels like really stressful. I get really upset when my baby is uncomfortable or upset. What is realistic? Yeah, I mean, it could take actually 10 or 15 tries of the same food before your baby decides to accept and lap up something that you're offering, a new food. So if first you don't succeed, just try, try again. You know, wait a few days, wait until next month and then try again. Before your baby gets stuck into a preschooler rut of only liking one or two foods. Like both my children right now? Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> what foods are no-nos? Anything that a baby can choke on. Um, now, 
gagging is completely different. We'll get into that later. So nothing they can choke on. Honey, no honey for your little honey in the first year. Skip juice for the first year, at least. I mean, there's no compelling reason to give your child juice anyway. Otherwise, most pediatricians are going to okay most foods in a baby-friendly form for most babies. And what about allergies and starting foods that are allergenic? You know, they're dreaded, but not that uncommon. You know, this has actually changed a lot. Doctors used to think it was important to hold off on allergenic foods, so nuts, peanuts, egg whites, until after the first birthday. That's definitely what I did with you and Wyatt. But now research shows that introducing allergenic foods earlier, say at six months, can reduce a baby's risk of developing allergies. So first thing you do, always check with a pediatrician for the go-ahead, but most are going to suggest offering peanuts, for instance, not obviously not peanuts, in baby-friendly form. Uh, there are mix-in powders, there are pouches designed to introduce allergenic foods like peanuts to babies. I did that with Sebi. I did that with Sebi. So at least we know he's not allergic to peanuts. I don't think no. I don't think Lennox has ever tried a peanut or a peanut butter. No, he's never had a nut, but <laughs> yeah. And of course, scrambled eggs, Sebi loves. And he loves eggs, yeah. Go figure. Do you need to introduce one food at a time? I assume that's probably great for allergy detecting. Again, check with a pediatrician. Uh, most are going to suggest waiting a few days between new foods. Um, introduce one, then wait a few days to see if there's any kind of allergic reaction, which there usually isn't, and then go on to another food. How should you feed solids in the beginning? Do you start with breakfast, lunch, and dinner? How do you know how much exactly to give them? You know, the important thing to remember is that breast milk, formula, those are the mainstays of a baby's diet until the first birthday. Solids aren't really about the nutrition. They're about the experience. They're not about serving sizes. They're not about, you know, how much you give and how often you give it. For now, just consider it nutritional gravy, right? It's not supposed to take the place of breast milk or formula. And there really aren't any rules about how many meals to serve. Clearly start with one meal, see how that goes. What you want is your baby to be in a really good mood, not the cranky hour. That's not the best time to give it. Um, Also not when they're overtired, when they're starving, because if they're in the market for a breast or a bottle and are really hungry, they're just not going to take that food. So it's a better idea to give them that solid meal between their their breast or bottle feeding so that they're not starving or stuffed to the gills. And then once your baby gets used to one meal, then you can move to two and then eventually three as you get closer to the first birthday. And at that point, you can also add a, you know, a little snack here and there. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, 
Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Okay, so now on to a big one. Baby led weaning. I didn't do it with Lennox, but I did do it with Sebi. And I'm really glad I did because Sebi eats way more than Lennox. Uh, I know a lot of parents are doing it. It's kind of like the hip, cool thing to do. But I also know parents who are terrified that their baby will choke. I mean, I'm still scared of my kids choking and one of them is seven. And I'll probably be nervous when he's 20. But (laughs) there have been a couple of near misses, haven't there? Yeah, there has for both of them. <laughs> but it was something they found on the floor, not something you put in front of them. So there's that. You mean like a Lego? Yeah. So I am a fan of baby led weaning. What it is, um, it's literally letting baby lead the way on solids. And I hear it over and over again from parents who have tried it. Babies love it. 
And they end up being more adventurous eaters. So it's true what you said. Let's break it down. First things first, check with a pediatrician. Um, Now, the AAP doesn't come out for or against baby lead weaning, but it's always a good idea to get your pediatrician's take. What you do with this is you put the food on a high chair tray and you let baby go to town. Simple as that. You let them touch it, smear it. Ultimately, the hope is that they put it in their mouth at some point. I had a mom post a video on my Facebook page, which was hysterical. Uh, She gave her baby spaghetti with tomato sauce. And the baby couldn't get her hands on the spaghetti (laughs) because it was so slippery. So she literally, she just put her head down on the high chair tray (laughs) and she licked the sauce off the spaghetti. And she was happy as a clam. She was happy as a clam. I mean, it should look like a crime scene when you're done with them. Oh my gosh, remember when Sebi had that red packet and it was all over him? At your house, actually. It looked like he was like, you know, wanted by the FBI. (laughs) He was covered. Yeah, that comes with the territory. I mean, the rules are as long as the food that you're giving your baby is in small pieces, and as long as those small pieces can be mushed together by their gums, then, then it's a go. So, I mean, it could be pieces of soft banana or soft sweet potato or soft-cooked carrot, or it could be mango. It could be scrambled eggs. It could be little pieces of of French toast. It could be soft-cooked pasta pieces. It could be flakes of fish. It could be cottage cheese or yogurt. I mean, literally anything that you give your baby could end up being a finger food, and that goes for yogurt. They just put their fingers in it, and they lick it off. So the idea is to get your baby used to eating whatever, you know, you're eating in modified form, assuming that what you're eating is baby appropriate. So clearly not a T-bone, but maybe minced up hamburger is fine. This was the one time I did make baby food. I would make Sebi those little tiny muffins that were like whole grain, whole wheat with blueberries in them. And Uh, they were super soft and he loved them. They were made with love. They were made with love. That's what I always tell. That's what I say to Lennox every day. Here's your dinner. It's made with love. And sometimes he'll ask me, he's like, is it made with love? I say, yes, it is. (laughs) So a baby doesn't need teeth to actually do baby lead weaning, right? This is something parents ask all the time. And to clarify, you know, some babies get their first teeth way before they're ready to start solids. Like you had your first teeth at four months. Um, That wasn't going to help you out at all. Some babies get their teeth super early before they're even ready to eat solids. And some babies don't get any teeth at all until they're like 14 months. So you, you don't need to wait for teeth either way. And what you need to keep in mind is that The first teeth are not for chewing. They can't chew with those teeth. They can only bite with those teeth. And the reality is until they have a full set of molars, the teeth really aren't going to be reliable or effective for chewing anyway. So it's it's all about the gums. If you're wondering whether a food you're giving your baby for baby lead weaning is safe, put it in your mouth and try to chew it without teeth using just your gums. And if it mushes right up, then you're good to go. So I know a lot of parents are doing this, but I also know a lot of people and parents who are terrified their babies will choke. Yeah. Um, I feel like that never goes away, like I said. But Mm -hmm. talk to me. I totally get it. I mean, but we got to clear up the difference between gagging and choking. Babies can gag 
on purees. They can gag on pretty much anything. They can yes. gag on their own drool when they're teething and <laughs> yes. they're drooling up a storm. They're, they're always gagging. It's just their way of clearing their throats. So mm. it doesn't mean they're choking. Choking is completely different because it's silent. It's when a baby can't breathe or make any sounds. And that said, of course, you should only serve your baby food when they're sitting down in their high chair and only if your baby has good head control and you should only offer foods that a baby can gum. And on top of all that, whether you're starting with baby lead weaning or whether you're starting with purees, take your baby CPR class so that you know what to do in case your baby ever chokes. And it doesn't have to be on food, P.S. It can be on that Lego. It can be on something they find on, on the floor that maybe you dropped. So that's important regardless. So you know what to do in case of a choking incident. But don't give your baby any hard foods that actually need to be chewed with teeth or that could be easily inhaled. So that goes for the whole nuts, no popcorn, no hot dogs unless you slice them and slice them and slice them again. No whole grapes, no hard or sticky candy, no raw carrot sticks. Even Lennox knows this. Like if Sebi wants popcorn, Lennox is like, he cannot have popcorn unless you break it up. You have to smash yes. it up. He really <laughs> took it to heart. He's a concerned brother. Way to protect your baby brother, Lennox. Yeah. Okay. So now that we've talked it out, what advice would you give your mom friends out there who are still nervous about that first bite of solids. Okay, so I got you. I messed up being neurotic with my <laughs> first one. Um, with Sebi, he was a great eater. Now he's got like toddler issues, but you know, hopefully yeah, it happens. He, he grows out of that. Um, and he's much more of an adventurous eater than Lennox. You know, he'll try <laughs> anything. Let them live their lives safely. Well, that's beautiful. But let them live. Yeah. Let them live. <laughs> Live and let eat. Ooh, baby love, my baby love, I need you. Oh, how I need you. Thanks for listening. Remember, I'm always here for you. What to expect is always here for you. We're all in this together. For more on what you heard on today's episode, visit whattoexpect.com slash podcast. You can also check out what to expect when you're expecting, what to expect the first year, and the what to expect app. And we want to hear from you. Connect with us on our community message board or on our social media. You can find me at Heidi Murkoff and Emma at Emma Bing WTE. And of course, at what to expect. Baby Love is performed by Riley Beaterer. What to Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. In my arms, why don't you stay? Need ya, need ya. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. 
Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check the backseat. Check the backseat. Check the backseat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 